0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mercado and Manning. It's Media Week's weekly TV podcast. I'm James Manning and joining me as co-host, as he does every episode, is Andrew Mercado. A few interesting things. Look, Lord of the Rings is going to dominate viewing for a lot of people this week. It's um, been long expected. It's coming to... Amazon uh, Prime Video. They're really, they're probably their biggest production ever. It's been called, I think, the most expensive TV show ever. Um, In experience, the more you hype up things, the bigger the potential for disappointment. Look, I'd like to watch it. I'm just, it's daunting. It's one of those things you think, oh, look, I'm just not going to have time. To be honest, I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies that Peter Jackson made. I've never read any of the um, Tolkien books, so I'm a real newcomer to um to the to the subject. Um, Andrew, where are you with Lord of the Rings? Well, I watched
1: the whole three Peter Jackson movies in the cinema at the time, and I liked them, but I've never really wanted to watch them again since. I drew the line at the Hobbit. Once we started making <laughs> three more three-hour movies on a book that was ninety-six pages long, I drew the line there. And yeah, I'm not. I won't be watching this Lord of the Rings TV series. In fact, I only found out yesterday that this one is sort of a prequel to where the movie started off. I couldn't figure out why they were remaking it for TV when Peter Jackson's versions have to be the definitive versions of those novels, but this is seems to be a prequel, but I'm so sorry. I know I'm just not into the fantasy stuff. I'm not into House of Dragon, and I'm not into the Lord of the Rings. But the thinking is uh, that maybe because the episodes are dropping weekly uh, with HBO on Foxtel and Amazon Prime, maybe fantasy fans will be able to watch both those shows because it's not like they have to, you know, binge eight hours. They'll get one episode each a week so fantasy fans will be very very happy right now
0: sure sure okay well that's enough about what we haven't watched let's get on to something (laughs) we have watched we've both watched marriage i think you're still early into it i've watched them all i've got to say i really enjoyed this
1: well i watched the first episode and oh you know i was kind of blown away by the performances of Sean Bean and Nicola Walker because they're so playing against type, Mm. you know, and they're playing this married couple and there's an awkwardness there and you can see them having these little fights that, you know, go on and on and develop into something. But there were parts of it, James, that were just excruciating. I mean, I was watching it going, yeah, 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 this is really believable. And I was like, oh no, man, don't do that. No, no, stop. (laughs) And just almost wanted turn away at the, the, the severe awkwardness and the lack of communication between this husband and wife. And then when their daughter arrives for dinner, they're as equally uncommunicative with her as they are with each other. So uh, I hope that as it
0: goes on, I'll keep
1: watching it, I hope that at a certain point they start opening up and talking to each
0: other about what's really going on. Oh, look, no spoilers, but don't get your hopes up too high. I mean, for, for me, that's one of the attractions, I guess, that it is pretty it's awkward. Sort of it's a real celebration, yeah. if you like, of very ordinary lives um, that, at, that at times all of us feel a little bit trapped in, I think. You know, I, not, for me, I see a bit of myself in Ian and Emma at times and think, oh, you know, it's... Um, Life isn't that exciting, you know. It can be mundane, you know. Um, in the show, they've been married for 28 years. Um, yeah, Ian, Ian is not working. Emma works in a law firm in a sort of little windowless office that she shares with three other people, uh, two employees, and a hapless work experience person. Um, who she doesn't like. You know, I can't remember how much is revealed in that first episode. Do you get to see her boss in that first episode?
1: Yeah, you do,
0: yeah. and it's and it's very
1: clear that everybody else in the office they're much younger than her, and they don't really like her, and mm. they're just they're just going through the motions of the social niceties. Um, but she's not doing anything to help the situation. She's pretty <laughs> crazy, and you know, not a fun person in the office, but, you know, I'm sure there's blame on both sides. And you're right, it's all very relatable. Her office situation is relatable. The old man in his 50s or however old he's meant to be who's now retired and can't fill in his days and is having these excruciating conversations with people (laughs) because he's bored. I mean, it's like, oh, God, shoot me if I ever get like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I won't say welcome to my world, but you know, there, there, there are things there are things that resonate. Look, her boss is a shocker. Yeah, he his character, we see a lot more of that in the in the um, remaining three episodes. He's just yeah. oh, he's 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 the real one character that stands out. As you really don't have much empathy for at all. Um, he wouldn't look out of place. I was thinking in the original UK uh, Office, The Office he's oh, just wow he's just such an awkward or oh, sort of creepy sort of character um yeah. and at points in the show it's it's there were in that first episode too I think there's it's hard to watch isn't it because it's sort of embarrassing it's a bit cringy you you wait to he and um he and um uh Emma get to go to a conference I won't say anything else but wow it's uh <laughs> oh, 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 oh. it's sort of funny but it's also awkward as well um yeah do, do we see and remind me too do we see the daughter's boyfriend in the first episode
1: i think we so do. the daughter brings the boyfriend around for dinner and it's quite clear that the parents don't like him and it's quite clear that there's some trauma that this family hasn't dealt with and that's what's Everyone's refusing to talk about it. You know, it's it's a it's a very uncomfortable dinner party. And then you see the girlfriend go home with the boyfriend, and she's talking about the parents behind their back, which is what people do, you know?
0: Of course, of course. And he's probably the he's not a good boyfriend either. He's he's a um he's a nasty little piece of work, to be honest. And but interestingly, him and the boss at the office. Because of that, they're almost the two most interesting characters because they, there's a bit more depth to them. You see, you know, as often, I guess, a nasty person can be fun, I think, for an actor to play, you know. it's a It can be quite a meaty role, and I, I think that's the, the case in this.
1: Yeah, every actor will tell you that, that, you know, who doesn't want
0: to be the villain? You get the best <laughs> line. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, something to watch out for is James Boland as Emma's father, Jerry. Um, yeah, he, he's really good, and uh, yeah, and he's, yeah, he's a poor old bloke living in. But I don't think he lives by himself. Actually, I think there might be another. There's, another.
1: Up, there's something going on in the first episode. Um, yeah, but you know he, you know that put down he he that thing he says to his daughter in the first episode. Oh, yeah, she comes to see him, and he just you know, he just causes her to wither on the vine and you just think, you awful old man. And you see her spirit just get crushed and you go, well, again, that's really relatable. You know, these families with all these generations of people and uh, everyone's sort of doing something that's causing the
0: other person to do something awful to the next person. Yeah, I think throughout this series, Emma certainly takes a lot of shit from everybody concerned, you know, and and you can tell it as you say, it crushes her a bit, but she doesn't really show it a lot. She's she's quite strong and resilient, you know, yeah. and she she just yeah. carries on, which is um a, a yeah. bit of an endearing quality I find in her.
1: Yeah, she's very stoic, and you're right, she just gets on with it.
0: Yeah. She's yeah. On at, at yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a real interesting role for for Sean Bean. There's There's one thing he does coming up, which is, which I still have a bit of a problem with thinking back to it. I won't talk about it at all, but it's a a scene you'll you'll certainly realise when it happens. It's, it's one thing that's out of character, but it's it's good in a way because it really lifts the series a bit, but it's just a surprising thing he does. I think it might be in Episode 3, which makes that quite a memorable episode, so watch out for that. It's uh, certainly one staying with uh, – that's on the ABC. It's on the ABC. I think it's Saturday night, so they've given it a, a pretty good time slot, and it's also on iView, of course.
1: Yeah, It'll go off on a Saturday night. The audience will love
0: seeing a show, seeing themselves represented on TV. I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah, it's going, and you will react. I think if you don't like it, you're going to have plenty of reasons why. If you do enjoy it, you know, it's hard to imagine watching that and just going, "Uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm half and half." You'll either be one way or the other. I think.
1: Yeah. I can see households around Australia where, you know, one person's going to watch the show and the other person's going to be screaming, oh, what are you bloody watching this for? It will drive some people around the twist, I reckon, because they won't want to see that recognizability some people really don't want to watch that on tv they're like turn the channel and put something bloody funny on that they want to escape their lives so but some people love that gritty drama like you and me james we love it
0: yeah it's not for everyone yeah, no, I, I think that this is a show. If you you could really mount a great case, if you wanted to call this one of the worst shows ever, you know, there's there's, <laughs> there's plenty of there's plenty of reasons there and things you could point out and go, you're joking. You you think this is good? You know it, and that's like another yeah. reason why I really love it. You know, it's just got yes. there's so much to it. Yeah, true. Okay, now the ABC is having a big weekend because I think on that that launches on a Saturday night. On a Sunday night, I think they've got a six-parter called Savage uh, River, um, brand new which Aussie is drama. really interesting. Sorry, brand new Aussie drama. Yeah, and it, and it keeps um it keeps Mark Cole Smith pretty much in that time slot where he's been for a little while in um in Mystery Road Origin. Yeah, in fact.
1: You know, it's only, what are we now? It's We're in September, about in yep. September. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how many more Aussie dramas we have on TV for the rest of the year, but it's going to be uh, Mark Cole Smith may end up being in two of the best dramas, Aussie dramas of the year because, of course, Mystery Road Origin was just fantastic and he was so good in it, but he's so Excellent in this, and I've only watched one episode of Savage River. Um, and the jury's still out a bit with me in terms of going, This is fantastic, but I've only watched one episode. And I always like to see two episodes of an Aussie drama to know that I'm in there. Um, I did find there were a few things in the first episode I didn't love, um, but in terms of it being a murder mystery set. In a small Aussie town, uh, and having uh, unlikely situations, maybe, but recognisable characters. I certainly uh, was recognising some of the characters in this show, and one of the reasons why I think I'm going to like watching it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a bit of a feel to it, isn't it? There are have been other shows, mystery set in sort of a yeah. Aussie rural community. Um, and it certainly feels like um, some of those other series. Uh, yeah, look, the, I thought the cast was really good. It was uh, Catherine Langford does a good job as Mickey. Um, uh, given what she's, with what she's been given, I, I might put it that way, there's, it's a bit hard to, I mean, a, a sort of a lot happens in that first episode. Some of the stuff, I think she, it starts, she's released from, um, a few years in prison. They don't. You don't hear a ten lot about years. it. You're left wondering. I, yes. I, I. presume we'll find out during it exactly what she did and how long she was put away.
1: My understanding is that she's been in prison for ten years from the age of sixteen. Right. So the that first episode is so hectic and why she comes across as such a difficult person is because she decides she's got to make up for lost time straight away and that's you know <laughs> drinking and getting drunk and you know there's probably virginity to be lost and just as uh, a whole thing that she's a clearly been a young girl that's gone into jail and she comes out and she's got to catch up with being a woman and and that's a lot in a in a first episode of a show
0: yeah, I mean, presumably she's guilty and she did it too because there's no implication in that first episode that she was wrongly convicted or there were extenuating circumstances or something. Um, but you're right, that first day back in the sort of, it looks like it might have been filmed in Warburton, which is a a little sort of rural community outside of Melbourne. It's got a lovely um, creek or river running through it. And the aerial shots... So? Sorry, I saw saw Tasmanian Film
1: Commission things at the end of it that they were putting in money. So I was, you know, I was looking at it thinking that it looked very summery and lush because, you know, she was in a singlet and it was clearly set in summer. But I thought I saw um, a Tasmanian logo on it which suggested to me that I didn't see that lovely little Victorian film
0: commission there. So I wonder if maybe... I'm pretty sure the press has said it was filmed in Victoria without being specific. Um, Yeah, it's a shot in Melbourne and regional Victoria. There we go. I'm sorry, I don't... But I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, it is Warburton. But, look, that first day she she arrives back on a bus, the, the bus pulls into town, she hops off. So, I mean, that first day she reunites with her brother um who's got a young child she's never seen um and she's going to live with him she gets her ears pierced she applies for a job um she goes to the pub gets drunk she um has two um engagements with the parents of the dead girl that she presumably murdered um both a little bit awkward she um like, <laughs> loses her virginity, okay. she walks right? home late at night. I mean, there's just so much going on.
1: Yeah, 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 there really, really is. And then, of course, let's not forget the other thing that's kind of going on, which is difficult to watch, is she working in an abattoir oh. yeah. and, you know, they are. there's blood and guts and, oh, yeah, and, I mean, You know, people want to eat their steaks and not know where they come from. But you know what? It's good to sometimes be reminded that uh, it's a very messy process with some sometimes quite messy people working there.
0: Yeah, it, it was very confronting to be sure. And I I mean, they only go to a certain point, which I was thankful for, and I uh, yeah. pres- presume they won't explore that further in the future, but it, all I could think of when I was, and this is a personal thing, but all I could think of during that was, oh, I'm glad I don't eat meat, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, it is quite confronting. I And, th- and another thought I had, in it, and it's not really, you know, something that the filmmakers perhaps should have considered, but the meat industry is certainly not going to be very happy about the way they're portrayed because the... Um, oh the the sort of way the that um abattoir and the sort of processing they do than the way they employ people it's not a not a pretty picture of the way they um treat their workers so i, I would imagine that sectors might have something to say about that but it's um and you know, i guess there's the- another element Story too, because you've got
1: some refugees uh, that are going to figure in this story because they work uh, at the processing plant. Uh, And you're right, clearly, there's something not great being done about their work permits or whatever. It looks like there's something going on there. But I mean, you know, that, that, you know, this, this is a story that the, that that show ends with something really bad happening in that abattoir. So clearly, what's going on there is going to be some sort of, you know, uh, I don't know, environmental or ripped from the headlines or eco-terrorism. There could be all this sort of thing maybe tied into it. Um, I, I don't, I can't think that the abattoir is just there for for the hell of it. It's it's clearly part of. What is a bigger story? Because it's a small town, and they have that line in that says, If this avatar shuts down, the whole town shuts down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some of the other cast um, Colleen, who is the dead girl's mother, is played by Jacqueline McKenzie. Um, uh, Sergeant Kirby, who's a police. The police, the local policeman who uh, Mickey has to report to, I think, weekly as part of her paroles, played by Robert Grubb. Good to see him back in a significant role. Um, yeah. The local pharmacist where Mickey goes to play for a job on the first day but decides to get her ears pierced instead, played by Bernard Curry. Um, yeah. Late in the episode, we meet... Um, Mickey's mum, who's played by Nadine Garner, again we haven't yeah. seen her on TV or movies a lot lately, so it's good to see her back. And as yeah. we mentioned at the stop, one of uh, Mickey's colleagues at the Meatworks is played by Mark Cole Smith. Um, he plays Joel, and he's he has a fairly significant uh, role. Uh, in that first episode, as well, I believe in episode two from the trailer, uh, Virginia Gay turns up as one yeah, of the-, yeah. Yeah, the key characters, and I anyway. think you you also find out a little bit more about the death of the um of the of the murder victim in that second episode. I'm I'm guessing we might find out a little bit more about what actually happened um, throughout the six episodes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right, Nadine Gay only turns
1: up, right, at, Nadine Garner, I mean, not Virginia Gay, Nadine Garner only turns up at the end, end of the episode, uh, but from the look on her face, she's got a lot that she wants to get off her chest.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you get the feeling that she didn't see much of a daughter when she was in prison, perhaps.
1: No, yeah, that's very much the film. Look, the reason I'm excited about this is because it's directed by Jocelyn Morehouse, yes. you know, and she's such an amazing director and, and, you know, she did such an incredible job, you know, with Wakefield last year and The Dressmaker starring Kate Winslet is one of my all-time favourite Australian films. I mean, you know... Anything that Jocelyn Morehouse is going to be involved in, I'm going to watch. Um, and if it starts off slow, I'm still going to keep watching because it's Jocelyn Morehouse,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's um made by um, Aquarius Films, um, the, the production house, they've done some um pretty good work over the last few years, and um, that's the um, you know. Created by or co-created by three people, Belinda Bradley, um Franz Doherty or Franz Doherty, and Gila Sandler. Um so um so, now is quite interesting. She's um quite prolific. She's a co-creator, she's also the writer on episodes one, two, five, and six. And yep. She started work as a script trainee script editor on All Saints back in two thousand. Wow! Something else that stuck out from her CV was she wrote two episodes of The Murders at White House Farm, who long time uh, listeners to the podcast know was one of my favourite series. Probably two or three years ago, it was um, just yeah. a brilliant UK um, drama based on a on a real event. Something else I've watched this week is welcome to Rexon it's a um there's a lot of sport docos around these days. every streaming platform seems to want to have some um sporting docos um I guess this all grew out from the success ESPN had over the years with that I think they call it thirty from thirty originally was there that they're branding, and they used to get big numbers and everybody's doing sports docos. Netflix got into the market, of course. Stan's got a lot of sports docos. This one is on Disney+. It's, um, the story is of um, actor Ryan Reynolds and a guy, a writer and actor called Rob McElhaney. They came together to buy an English football club called Wrexham. Yeah. Um, now, Wrexham is a struggling UK football club. It's in the fifth tier of the of the structure. So the, the Premier League is the one everybody hears about. It's the it's the the big guns of English football. So it's Arsenal, it's Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, uh Chelsea. So all the big clubs are in the Premier League. And then there's four other tiers below it, okay? Where and each year the teams get promoted or um relegated depending on how they go so in the premier league the bottom three teams will drop out and the top three teams from the tier below that will go up so it's quite interesting the movement you know between all the different tiers and of course the the um the ultimate aim is to be part of the premier league because the the revenues you get from that are just staggering you know it it lets you build a massive team and if you do it properly you can stay in the Premier League and it's happy days, but when you're down yeah. the bottom, you don't do very well. And I'm not quite wow. sure why Ryan and Rob were attracted to this particular club, but anyway, they they get to know about it and they're fascinated. So they make a make a takeover offer, and this first couple of episodes are about that takeover offer and how they convince the locals that look, we're a couple of um, Americans, we're a long way away. We don't know a lot about British football, but we'd love to come on board and help and get this team back up these different ladders, get them, you know, back to where they where where the townsfolk would like them to be. Interestingly, before uh, this deal to buy the football club, Ryan and Rob had never met. So they they knew of each other, but they'd never met. So it's 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 pretty good. I'm two episodes in. I think they're just dropping one a week. So I'm pretty keen to see the next one, but it's a little bit frustrating to it's not there But things like sports docos, you sort of you're not you're not used to having to watch them one week at a time. With a documentary. Oh, yeah, you're trained with a documentary just to find out all the story at one time. So yep. it's it's a different way of watching. And quite frankly, I'd rather they were all there at once. Look, get back
1: to me when they make a new series of Ted Lasso. If I'm (laughs) going to watch anything about soccer, it needs to be a a comedy with Jason Sudeikis. But, look, aren't there some great Aussie sports documentaries on Amazon Prime? I know they did one on cricket. um, But who's doing all the AFL docos now? Are they going out on Stan? I can't see them here on Amazon Prime.
0: I thought there's a I think there's one on there's at least one on stand. There's a couple on um Prime. There's a new one with, with Prime with now A F L W uh which yes, is yes. which has just come out and it's doing pretty well, I think. Um and um they're being made a lot of these actually by uh Eddie Maguire's production company. True. Um he's having great success with that. Um doing he's done one on the men's um AFL competition he's done one on the yeah. now the AFLW and they're both really well made doing pretty well and um he also I think he also made the one that's on Stan it's it's more, more one about behind the scenes it looks at sports agents um things yeah, like yeah. that um but th- that's sort of interesting too if you're into football um so so that is uh welcome to Wrexham. It's good viewing. Yeah, you mentioned Ted Lasso. I think that's probably one of the interests. It's almost like a in a way, it's a real life Ted Lasso. At the end of that wow. First, wow. first episode, they have to let go of their manager. Well, that's what yeah. they call it. The coach in the UK, uh, in the Australian terminology. So it's um and they'll bring in an import. We don't know who yet, but we'll see that unfold over subsequent issues. I've I've had a this was like, I think 2 years ago they started filming this so i've had a bit of, bit of a cheeky look at the um league table and rexham are doing reasonably well this year so far so maybe the um the new owners are having some sort of impact yeah nice um something else i've just started is the patient which yeah. is on uh-huh. um i think this is on disney plus i'm pretty sure Steve Carroll as a sort of a therapist, a psychiatrist.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Who is kidnapped by a patient. The episode starts. He wakes up in a bed. um, He's not quite sure where he is. He looks around "Mm," and he's sort of dressed. And you're thinking, watching him, why is he in bed in his clothes? And the camera pulls back. He gets up and he's got a chain around his leg and he's oh. chained to the bed in a strange room. Um, so this is, the the series is fast-forwarded to this, so then it goes back to when he meets, somebody rings him up, like a cold call, rings him up, So look, I, I need some help. I'd like you to try and, um, I'd like to, you know, have some, um, take some, what do you call them, classes, episodes, appointments. I'd like some appointments oh. with you to, to see if you can help me out. And it turns out it's this guy. Um And this guy actually kidnaps him. I don't think it's a spoiler to say this guy is a murderer, um, because it's in the sort of I think it's in the trailers and it's um it's explained really right at the start. Serial
1: killer murderer.
0: Serial killer murderer. That's the one. That's the. Another
1: serial killer. Right. Phew. I was thinking there weren't enough TV shows
0: with serial killers in them. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot, isn't there? But at least this is a different twist, I guess. It's, um, and and the, um, so the, so Steve Carroll, I mean, he he does great work and he's, uh, Steve Carell, of course, um, does great work and he's quite particular about the TV things he picks, isn't he? I mean, there's Morning Wars, which was pretty interesting, and his character was, you know, you know was fascinating to see the the transition in the couple of seasons of that between you know where he was and where he ended up um you think back to the office a long successful run in the in the U- us version of the office and now he's in the patient but the big star i think of the patient uh, who it will be is someone called um domnal gleason now he's he's an irish actor the son of actor brendan gleason that's and, right. I know you him. Might, you might remember that we talked about this probably nearly two years ago now, that series called Run.
1: Yes. You, you remember that at all? Yeah, he was one of the yeah, I remember. I remember. And I think he was in something I watched just the other day, but I can't uh, Yeah, he's in yeah, what well, is he he wasn't in he wasn't in Bad Sisters, was he?
0: No, no, no.
1: Oh, okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but there's actually a few things around that were called Run. Um, there was a movie in 2020. It's not that. Um, I'm just trying to think who his co-star was in Run. Um, anyway, it might come to me. But but he's really good in this. He's brilliant. He plays the serial killer. So yeah, right. right. It's pretty weird when he first turns up for his appointments with um, Steve Carell. He's got sunglasses on and a cap, and um, and you can tell the um, the psychiatrist thinks hmm, there's something weird about this. And after a couple of appointments, he says, "Look, I, you know, I don't think you're really opening up to me. It sort of might help if you if you you know you took off the the glasses and we might be able to engage a little bit better." Um, but um, he goes, oh, look, I can't. And he says, well, what, why can't you? He says, oh, there's something wrong with my eyes. They're hurt by daylight. And Steve Carell says, oh, you've been to a doctor? And the 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 patient says, oh, yeah, I've been to a couple, but um, with no luck, you know. So uh, things get a little bit weird early on, and and they certainly get. You don't find out how in that first episode you don't see how he ends up being taken from, like, the the um, well, you do actually. It, it's something happens at home at one night at Steve Carell's home, and it goes to black near the end of that first episode. And you can tell that's maybe when he was kidnapped, but they're just 30 wow. minute episodes, so it's oh, sort of okay. easy, easy to digest. It's not too big a commitment. It's amazing, isn't it? How, how much that half hour difference makes. And our episode seems like a fair commitment, but 30 minutes, you think, oh, this is going to be easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah it is amazing that it's a, there's something about knowing it's a half hour show that makes you go oh yeah I think I, I could fit that in a bit more easily
0: yeah yeah um yeah that was on HBO that series run I'm, I'm still um digging this up that's right um Phoebe Waller-Bridge was involved in it she played um, a character that came in towards the end Laurel Holiday
1: yeah um, I, I mean, I don't think I finished watch it, watching it. I remember watching that first episode,
0: yeah, now, was Merritt Weaver was the um is that um the daughter of Was she in um, oh, I can't remember. but Merritt Weaver anyway, is the is the yeah. the co-star It was on HBO, so it's probably still probably on um Foxtel or on It'll be, yeah. um yeah. well sorry of, I don't think they didn't make a second season so um but yeah that was run but yeah the star is Domhnall Gleason he's just really good he just stands out in that first half hour anyway and I'll, I think I'll stick with that to see where it goes um yeah. what else has been on your radar this week? Well, I've got to check out The Bear, which I think is on
1: Disney+. Plus. This is the uh, restaurant show that everybody's talking about. It stars Jeremy Allen White. He was in the US version of Shameless, and he plays a chef that comes back to a family restaurant uh, when somebody dies there, and I think he's a really famous chef or has an amazing restaurant, probably in New York or something. Anyway, he comes home to this restaurant uh, you know, restaurant, family restaurant, mm-hmm. Try to get them back on track. And people are, are, everyone's talking about this show and raving about it. And it's funny to talk about the half-hour episodes because there's apparently an episode of The Bear that's only 17 minutes long and is <laughs> one continuous shot. Wow. So uh, yeah, that starts on uh, Disney Plus, I think, uh, from tonight. So I'll probably be writing about that this
0: week in Media Week. Okay, okay. Now, there's been another sighting of Nadine Garner, or there will be shortly.
1: Yes, this is something else that's got to be on our radar. It's a new Australian movie called Darklands, and uh, it stars Nadine Garner. It's directed by Scott Major, and one of the scriptwriters is. A former Neighbours alumni called Shane Ishiev, who's gone straight from Neighbours, moved to the UK and started work on Hollyoaks. Which, uh, you know, if I was finishing up on Neighbours, there's only one UK soap I would want to move to if you wanted to write crazy stories, and that was Hollyoaks. But yeah, are they uh, a whole bunch of people on Neighbours? with, uh, you know, a full cast that included Nadine Garner and Damien Walsh Howling have made this thriller. Uh, it drops on Stan, I think, on September the 1st. Uh, so look for me to write about that in Media Week
0: too. Okay, all oh, good stuff. So that's um, the main things we looked at this week, then Marriage and Savage River. I think we're both pretty much in agreement they're um, worth investigating. Um, four eps of... Um, Marriage, Saturday Nights ABC, Sunday Nights Savage River six episodes. I'll leave you with this yeah. week. Something I'm looking forward to. It's a, a new Netflix movie. If it hasn't dropped, it could be dropping this week. Um, I Came By, it's called. Um, Hugh Bonneville stars in this. Oh. Um, I've heard him doing a bit of press for this. He, he plays a judge, I think, in this. Um, It's um, a judge with a bit of a twist, and the story is about a young graffiti artist who discovers a shocking secret that put him and the ones closest to him in danger. Look, I don't know much else about it, but I'm um, looking forward to this. Well, I've just been given a tip for a show on
1: SBS Vice Slam this weekend, another Australian production called A Beginner's Guide to Grief which uh, is the story of uh, someone who loses both their parents. Um, So uh, I don't know. It it could be a bit of a black comedy, I'm thinking. Um, But, yeah, one that I've got to find out more about, A Beginner's Guide to Grief.
0: Uh, It'll be on SBS On Demand from the weekend. Um, In a similar vein, black comedy. I've been watching a bit more uh, Bad Sisters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm enjoying it more and more, I must say. Um some of it's nearly laugh out loud, but um a lot of it's just really dark, you know. It's um but it's just great. I'm really enjoying it and I'm um, looking forward to uh knocking that one off. Now I'm I'm guessing you're not going to be watching Farmer Wants a Wife, Andrew, which no. is about to start up again. Uh,
1: although there is going to be a female farmer. Yeah. And Samantha Armitage is there for special advice on how to live on the land. Right. Uh so that there's a couple more women in the show who aren't necessarily looking for farmers to marry. And nice that there's a farmer who wants a husband and not just a wife, but she'd be allowed a wife too. I'd watch that. So yeah, farmer wants a wife back on seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've I've um I don't mind that at times because I mean I've always went one of my dreams has always been, oh, I wonder if I could go on the land, you know, and be a farmer. That's sort of – not that this show gives you a lot of insights into what it's really like working on the land because they do sort of token things about, you know, I oh, will go out and shear a sheep or, you know, I don't think you get a real flavour for the uh, challenges you face being on the land. But, you know, it's um, it, it gets a little bit of the way there. Okay, Andrew, and one- look – but hugely, it's Farmer Wants a Wife is hugely
1: popular with regional viewers in Australia. So yeah. not for me, but I, I appreciate that, you know, a lot of uh, regional viewers really love that show.
0: Yeah, good stuff. All right, look, always good talking to you on these podcasts, Andrew. You can read Andrew's Mercado on TV Week column every Friday in the Media Week Morning Report, also on our website at mediaweek.com.au. And, of course, if you... Um, listen to this podcast. It'd be great if you could um, share your enjoyment with others. Um, Help us get the numbers up would be wonderful. Uh, You can like us or follow us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back in a week. Thank you. Have a great week, James.